This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. And and didn't we haven't we gone back and forth on the nin versus the nin? Yes. Yeah. Well? Only yeah. you have. Only, <laughs> only, right, only me. Wait, right. you guys. I'm the only one who gets it wrong. You didn't have to re-record like 15 episodes saying shikamaru, shikamaru, shikamaru. Oh my god. Oh my god. I had to go really? back and re-record his name for like 15 episodes. Nice. Yeah. All right. Last question for this round. Okay. Uh, Yuri, you take this one. What are the jinchuriki? It is my hair during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Time. Anime, live. comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests, and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beep the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time live Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Dax Xavier Josiah, back from the metaverse, people. Had an absolute blast doing the panels on behalf of Repop uh, as they celebrated Anime Week. It was a lot of fun, and I got to take this time to thank all of the people responsible for uh having me be a part of this and you know eddie and camilla who are like the producers and the people who helped put it together and just a ton of people who all made this happen is it was an awesome time i can't stress this enough um my goodness the the panels with the my hero academia cast which i've been waiting to talk to for quite some time and with the i would say a bonus here because not only talking to justin briner who i call brenner on the <laughs> on the q a um but Talking to Monica Real because she is possibly the second Dragon Ball cast member that I've ever had the chance of talking with and interviewing. Uh, the first being Kyle Abert, who's Gohan, and he's been on a show uh, about three times already. But, you know, talking to Boma, who is also the voice of uh, Su, uh, Suyu Asui, 
it was just it was a it was a great treat it was a really great treat and they were all so nice and it was a really great time if you haven't checked it out go out of your way to go to find the metaverse.com all of the panels not just mine i host i was the main host of the sh- of the entire week but it were other panels as well of other events and everything that were going on so definitely go out of your way to enjoy it. go to that website before it goes i believe it might be up for a week or so uh so go out of your way to check it out it, it was just an awesome time talking with the pokemon crew you know eric stewart uh rachel lillis and veronica taylor i you know i never in my dreams thought that i would be able to <laughs> talk with these guys let alone everybody that i've had the chance to talk to and since i started this podcast it's just been amazing i i can't even i lost count at the amount of talented people that has been on this show or i've had the opportunity to talk to in some form or fashion and working with repop just had it but i gotta say i love talking to the pokemon uh cast and i love talking to the my hero cast but my goodness my favorite panel or show maybe the naruto uh fan trivia that i just did um yesterday or the day before yesterday on saturday uh the day before uh easter and i had a blast with molly yuri um who else was it? Mary Elizabeth McGlynn and Kate Higgins for the first time. Getting a chance to talk with her, the voice of Sakura. And I've talked, you know, if you guys follow this show, you've heard the big, the the really big Naruto cast from last year that I did on behalf of DreamCon. And this one was just as fun, even though it was only four of the cast members instead of like nine of them last time. It was just as fun. We got a chance to do trivia shows. Uh, Yuri Longthal, I always love uh, hanging with him. And again, it, the, the big treat there is that I'm not only talking to Sasuke Uchiha, I'm also talking to Peter Parker, one of the best Peter Parkers and Spider-Mans in the list of uh, the great you know actors who've done it before. He is, of course, Peter Parker and Spider-Man from the PS, the PlayStation games. And my goodness, it was, it's just all, it's just an absolute treat. We have a great time. It is, trust me when I tell you, you don't want to miss that episode because we just, it, they wild out. And that's the thing about having all three of these panels. There were different feels in each panel. I did the, the, my hero uh, panel. It was like a casual type of affair. I did the Pokemon panel. It was a really sweet heartwarming, delicate type of uh, interview that we had, but it was still all, both of them were a lot of fun. Then I go to the Naruto cast. It's like going into a sports bar with your friends and we're just having a great time, uh, you know, drinking, eating, and just, you know, shooting this, shooting the shit and BSing the whole entire time. It was just, you, you gotta go out of your way to, you know, they, these guys, what I love about the Naruto cast is that they hold nothing back. <laughs> they just have a lot of fun and molly who i known for years now and love dearly uh she always has a way of connecting with her fans that is just so awesome and i love the fact that she thinks ahead she she finds a way to interact with the fans at all costs and she did that last year with the naruto panel that we did uh the q a panel that we did last year and she did the same thing this year by actually playing along with the the uh fans who were participating in the trivia and even though she i love the fact that she didn't do as well as she probably should have it was an awesome thing they, they totally know how to entertain the crowd and it, it was just great it was it was absolutely fun and like I, I just enjoyed it all 
So again, thank you to Repop. Thank you to all of the cast members who joined along for Anime Week. It's been a blast. Go out of your way to check it out. For not only just that, but also they have some really cool uh, merch in there too. So go to find themetaverse.com and just enjoy it all. Absolutely enjoy it all. I, I guarantee you won't regret it, especially if you're a true-to-life otaku and a true-to-life fan who enjoys the quality talent that we have in this day and age uh, doing the English dub versions as well. So just absolutely a fun time. This episode, we are going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong in our talk topic uh, of the week segment. And I say this because Godzilla movies... I have a love, I have really a more of a hate relationship with Godzilla movies because of the one that they did, I think in 2017 with Brian Cranston and uh, Elizabeth Olsen and there. And it just, I was, I was just so disappointed in that movie. And I felt like they're coming out with this movie here and they're adding King Kong to it. It has to be epic. It has to be action packed. It has to be main event level act, you know, entertainment. So here I am. I'm saying if I don't like this movie, I will forever, ever stop watching any Godzilla movies ever again because it was that. And then I watch uh, Shin Godzilla as well. And I, I that was also boring. Now I watched the anime version. Hated that one, too. So I, I just came in like this has to be it. I didn't see King of Monsters, the remake version of that. I didn't see Skull Island and We'll talk about more of that in our talk topic, but we got a lot of other things to talk about, including the new Loki trailer that just came out as I came back home. Because by the way, the other big news of this week is that I am fully vaccinated. I just literally came back from the uh, medical center to get my second vaccination. That is it. I now have peace of mind. I highly implore everybody listening right now to go out of your way, find your way to get vaccinated. Trust me when I tell you, do the homework. The science is there. Um, I got very, I'm, I'm connected with very well-educated people that can tell you why this is a must for you. So go out of your way to check it out, get a peace of mind. And soon we will all no longer need to be wearing masks. We will soon all be able to enjoy everything that we enjoyed in 2019 prior to 2020 and we could take back what 2020 stole so go out of your way to do that and check it out but let's not waste any time we got a lot more things to talk about including the second i mean the third episode of falcon and the winter soldier so without further ado let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so since it just now arrived no more than like almost like 52 minutes ago, let's talk about the low-key trailer. Just popped up. They just made an announcement that the series will come on June 11th. Now, this is going to be the third series to come right after the uh right after what falcon and order soldier and wandavision before that this shows loki in the time chamber i guess with the timekeepers who are trying to correct all of the things that loki did in terms of taking the cosmic cube that uh during the scene in endgame so by doing that he's corrupting time and now they're looking for loki to actually uh help correct the disruption that he did the anomalies that he created because of it 
uh they show him in this like agency the time you know the time uh keepers agency i guess and they have him signing all these documents of everything he's ever said in his life which is like a huge amount of uh documents that he has to sign and we got owen wilson in here who he's going to be working closely with uh who works in this department so now they have a they're going to be working together but they got these trust issues that are going on and it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with all these flashbacks that he's going to go to in reference to this and upon creating this or correcting the wrongs of time that he's done will he still be alive after this because the deal is that loki actually dies at the hands of thanos so i am looking forward to this it looks awesome as does everything that falcon and the winter uh, soldier has been so far and in wandavision has been marvel i love this direction that marvel is going with these series it's, it's something new it's something different and then on top of that we're going to have a whole new lineup of movies that we're going to come in in connection of this to all be a part of phase four so owen wilson in here i i love i love when he bring in all of these all of the, all of these quality uh talented award-winning actors or, or famous actors to be a part of this new world this is so much of everything that dc films is not doing and it's even worse now because you got Zack snyder who's not even <laughs> trying to be a part of it now he did he i, I kind of respect what he did because he went through a lot during the time that he filmed the first one and they got joss whedon in there and he was going through situations traumatic situations him and his wife involving their kid that they lost during the filming of this and all the all the all of the internet crap that he had to go through and all, everything that he had to go through and the joss whedon you know controversy and he just wanted to prove that he can do a good film and he did and he's walking away from it now so now dc films has to struggle because their core they're, they're like seriously their core flagship franchise is no longer being worked on by the guy who can possibly help make changes to it and and really make it better and it's a, it's a shame it's a it's a, it's a real shame so but i digress loki looks like it's going to be awesome i can't wait to see that and uh i i it's it's the marvel cinematic universe has never been better since it actually you know since we last saw it in 2019 and such so i, I it's going to be awesome I, i'm looking forward to it um you know what else i think is going to be good going back to the wb side of things the new space jam movie that's coming out with lebron james i actually got a chance to see the new trailer that came out over the weekend and i gotta say i didn't know what to expect from it but it looks like it's going to be good it got it, it basically the premise of the storyline is lebron james fictional son uh wants to you know do things his own way you know in terms of basketball and such and him and lebron are having a bit of a you know issue with each other and somehow some way they lead into this server room which didn't some this huge server room by the way i might say i've never seen a server room look this big and it takes his son away and it takes lebron away into this new world now the cool part about this is that this has a ready player one vibe because you're seeing lebron being taken into this virtual world in which don Cheadle <laughs> is a part of john don Cheadle is the person controlling all of this and he kidnapped his son as a result so in order to get his son back 
Don Cheeto or whatever characters he's playing is challenging him into a basketball game, which then he takes LeBron into the animated world of Warner Brothers or the Looney Tunes world. And he becomes a 2D animated character that meets up with Bugs Bunny. Somehow, some way, he's going to team up with um, Bugs and the rest of the gang to face the new characters of the I don't think they're called the Monstars this time. I believe they're called something else. And there's a whole bunch of different funny Looney Tunes moments, including Yosemite Sam shooting up Daffy Duck in here. Ryan Coogler, I didn't realize, had uh, his hands in this as well. So that's going to be interesting. So we're going to see a lot of things Warner Brothers related. The Iron Giant, we see the Yogi Bear. We see a lot of Hanna-Barbera characters, King Kong whole bunch of things in here so it's going to be more than just it's bigger than it was before it doesn't just involve um the the characters from just looney tunes it involves everything that warner brothers owns at this point and now they're gonna have these new characters and everything uh by the way lebron's wife is the woman who played on orange's new black and she's also the lead character in the star trek uh uh series that's on cbs access so that's interesting and to see the characters in CGI actually looks really good. I, I, I'm I, down with this. I'm all for this. I love what this do, and especially Granny, who's going to be really holding her own in the court. So <laughs> this is, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. This is coming out July 16th, both in theaters and in HBO Max. So I can't wait for this. Uh, well, I can't. I, I really hate to say I can't wait because we really can't. If we really couldn't wait, we'd probably be storming the studios right now for this um, series as well. Um, also, what we got to see this week is the Black Widow trailer. We got to see the third trailer with the big announcement that this series, we all knew this, we've reported this before, it's coming out July 9th. And this time around, we kind of get to see a little bit more of what we kind of already know what's going to happen. She goes, this is going to be based on the past before she became an Avenger. A lot of the answers that we didn't get from the previous movies involving her past that was talked about, I guess is all going to be fleshed out in this movie because it's going to talk about her sisters, uh, what she went through with the Red Room and such and all the all of the training that she had to go through. And there's something that is happening involving the family that this organization is trying to trail them down, including, uh, which also involves them hiring Taskmaster to try to hunt them down and kill them. So we're gonna see this. I think this is all a matter of not only telling Natasha's story, but also introducing the new Black Widow that will be probably a part of the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe now, which is her sister, which is, you know, her sister also being in the comics as well. So I, I you know, I, I really am invested in this. Uh, we've been waiting a long time. It was supposed to come out August of 2020, but of course, due to COVID, that's not happening. And now Disney was really trying, Disney and Marvel Studios were really trying hard to get this only in theaters. But even now, they finally decided to bow down and it, it just had to, they had to do it. They're gonna put it in theaters and on Disney Plus. Uh, you're gonna have to pay the premium access for it, which I think is like $30, which by the way, it's absolutely worth it. Anything that they put out for Marvel is worth it. And, and with all everything that they've given us involving the, the television series, I'm all for it. 
I they they could take my money. I, I have no problem sitting in my couch, ordering my own food, not having to pay for parking, not having to rush to make sure that we get here on time and even get parking and such and all that. It, it, you know, even though I, I miss movie tavern and I love the movie tavern experience, um, I don't mind. There was there was always still some type. Well, I mean, you know, let me be honest. Going to any other movie theater is a hassle, but going to movie tavern wasn't that bad especially because we already had um uh reserved seatings and stuff like that and it wasn't bad the only thing that was bad was during the time of infinity war black panther and and in the game because they were such high in demand you had to rush to get them tickets fast and those tickets were going so fast i'm not sure it's gonna happen that way now but i think it's gonna be way easier way 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 easier now to do it than it is then but Coming next year is probably going to be back to normal. That's what I predict because I think everybody's going to be vaccinated. Everything's going to be the majority of people is going to be vaccinated, you know, and it's that's just going to be it. We'll be back in order and everybody will probably have mask off and everything. So I think we're going to have mask off by October. And I'm hoping that. Well, I, I don't care um, at this point, but I'm hoping that from a standpoint that, you know, we'll be able to just breathe and enjoy life again uh, by that time. So. And by the way, as I'm doing this, I don't know what side effects that I may be getting from the second one, but that's why I'm here to do this show right now, because once this show is done and uploaded and you're listening to it as we speak, I'm probably going to be out of commission for a minute because I know my wife and everybody has some like a little bit of symptoms, you know, coming in for it. So it's best that I do this now. I'm just so other news, um, Mortal Kombat, which was supposed to arrive on the 16th has now been pushed back to the 23rd reason being a lot of people believe that uh the success of kong, uh, godzilla versus kong has been getting a lot of rave reviews and also and i'll speak on that on our talk topic uh but also the fact that they've been one of the highest box grossing box office uh shows at this time so um they decided to push mortal kombat back because they didn't want mortal kombat to take away any of that you know godzilla versus kong money and to that i respect that if that is the case i respect that and it makes sense and it is a great strategic strategic move to do so um it's still coming in within this month we're still going to be able to watch it we're still going to be able to enjoy it but i if i say any more about this i will be talking about this will become the talk topic of the week so i'll just say good move on warner brothers to talk about uh to, to move uh, the, to twenty to the twenty third, I totally get it and I understand it and I respect it. So, um, on that note, let's talk about. Let's see, do I want to talk about? I want to talk about Invincible real quick. Um, I got a chance to see Invincible, uh, the fourth episode. Still love it. Still absolutely enjoy this show. Um, this time we got Mark going out of his way to try to keep his. He's he's in a bind between telling his secret to Amber or you know trying to keep that going and then he also has issues with trying to um you know maintain being a superhero he also has a mission to go to mars to make sure that the astronauts are safe over there meanwhile omni-man is still trying to cover his grounds in the murder that he did with the guardians of the globe um we got the detective who is still on him played by clancy brown of course and this turns out to be a very interesting situation because the the agency that is investigating this is into something deeper 
they know Omni-Man is a part of this, but they're trying to keep now. It seems like they're not only trying to investigate it, but they're also trying to keep it under wraps. So meanwhile, uh, what is his, his name? Detective. I forgot his stinking name. Um, Detective Bloodheart, I believe. Let me look this up real quick. Got to look this up because I don't want to get this uh, demon's name wrong. And Invincible made a series Let's see where Clancy Brown's name is here no I don't want to go to, I need to go to IMDB there we go Let's see if we can find Clancy Brown's name real quick Clancy, 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 Clancy. there we go detect uh Damien Darkblood is the name so yeah Damien Darkblood is closer to um you know knowing he already knows that Omni-Man does it Omni-Man knows that he knows that he did it but um Damien also has informed him that his wife is starting to even suspect. Now, I really wish he didn't do that because that's starting to lead me to believe. I Again, I've never read the comics. So I don't know what's coming. I don't know how much of how close to the source that they're going with this. But the way Omni-Man is going, I really, really feel like his wife could be going too deep. And I wouldn't be surprised if the dude actually, you know, if Nolan, aka uh, Omni Man, actually kills his wife, you know, if he kills Debbie, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna hate this character so bad. But he claims that he truly loves Debbie, but didn't Ego claim that he loved um, Star Lord's father, you know, Quill's, you know, mother? Um, didn't he claim that he he loved her, but he he gave her a cancerous, you know, a, a cancer and killed her? You know, so I, I, nothing's nothing. You can put nothing past, you know, so I it'll be interesting. The scene where uh, Mark goes into space and tries to um, and once again is met with the um, the Martian Emperor played by Jamon Damon. What is it? Jamon uh, Henson, I should say. That was entertaining. That was very funny. And, you know, the comedy back and forth with that was really good. I like the fact that um, he got a Martian rock for Amber, even though he does. He can't tell Amber where it is and where he got it from. I'm looking I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing when he finally reveals uh, who he is to her. And also, I also need to know whether him and uh, Eve is going to actually get together as well, you know, because that's seeming like that's going to be a situation that's going to linger down the road there so uh we still got what this is the what is this the fourth episode we still got four episodes left i believe this is an eight episode series be interesting to see where this goes but uh the what would happen at the end i should i should really mention what happened at the end here is that both the agency and omni-man set up damien uh darkblood and the agency did some incantation to him that basically took him back to hell and something it, it was ba it was a setup to the note they like he knows way too much they they had their own plans and i should also add that robot is into something more deeper than it is too so he's working with the hc as well there's something there's something way bigger that is happening here that's going to be unraveled in the next four episodes and i'm looking forward to it this show is very entertaining uh robert kirkman is such a good he is such a good writer when it comes, especially when it comes to character development. I, 
you know, I have really I'm looking forward to actually reading the books, which, by the way, if you own a Cosmicology account uh, via Amazon, those books, if you never read them, are available for free to read. If you own a Cosmetology account, there's a lot of free comics that you can read out there. And they in celebration of the new series, they are now allowing you to read the actual original comics for free to get a little bit deeper into the universe. So I will definitely be doing that. Uh, and so far, so good. I really like the way that what they're going with this. I love everything about it. I love the characters. I love the the uh, the diversity in this as well. It's just it's an awesome series. Robert Kirkman is just great. And I, when we get back to going to actual live comic book conventions and any of you who ever been to San Diego Comic Con know this. If there's a place where Robert Kirkman is going to be playing or is going to be at, go to see a Robert Kirkman panel. He is one of the most entertaining guys to talk to hear and listen to. I, I tell you, like I rate him up to Kevin Smith. Like these are two really awesome, talented writers, producers, directors who absolutely knows how to entertain a crowd. And I would say also Tom McFarlane. The one time I went to go see Robert Kirkman is when he did a dual, a joint panel with Todd McFarlane. And those two were a riot. I, I actually think I actually still have the audio to those uh, to those panels. And it's probably not the best audio in the world, but it, it's, it's so much fun to hear them and to listen to them talk and have this back and forth banter with each other. It, it's just hilarious. So I, I'm, if, if you ever, if ever the time, when the time comes and we go back to live cons, highly recommend it if he's around. So last bit of news. And that is my thoughts on this uh, last episode, the third episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier entitled Power Broker. The first in rare times we see John Walker. He is searching for leads to find the Flag Smashers, but to no, really no success. He's not getting, they're nowhere near getting the success that uh, Bucky and, and Sam is. And again, if you guys remember last week and last week's episode, they wanted to team up with Bucky and, and uh, Sam because they figure they can have, uh, they can work, they can work together better. But Sam and Bucky not only don't trust him, those two, and I'm saying those two as in John and uh, Lamar, who's a Battlestar, but they feel like they're anchors because they're, they're, their access to things is limited. And I think that's why John and Lamar wanted to be with them because they know that they're capable of having more resources and they have more liberties to do things that they can't. So they wind up parting ways with them and John and, and Lamar are still trying to get this, but interesting, very interesting this episode. Like they weren't in this episode for much, but for what they did really spoke volumes. Walker gets very frustrated when, the, um, when, in uh, a guy that the flags that works with the flag smashers to help them on underground, an advocate, if you will, uh, refuses to tell them any information in, in support of the flag smashers. This leads to John getting very irrational and decides to slam him on the wall and yells, do you know who I am? And that my friends, if you don't know who us agent is in the comics, that is John Walker. <laughs> that is the start of what we're going to see from the U.S. agent. And I it's going to be interesting to find out when they're going to call him U.S. agent. 
and to that respect and he got a call he's going to end up being called u.s agent because that means one bucky or sam is going to wind up being the new captain america guarantee it this has got to happen because it's he's wearing he's already wearing a costume so it's going to be really interesting to see who's going to take over that helm while john walker becomes the u.s agent at this point um so sam and bucky reluctantly works with baron zemo to find out more on the super soldier serum that the flag smashers have been using and bucky managed to get zemo out without sam's knowledge and the three set out to uh, on a journey in another part of the world an underground region in order to find the scientists responsible for redeveloping the serum this episode was much different from last week's uh which was very intense very intuitive um very informative if you will from a cultural standpoint as well uh this week is more like a buddy cop 48 hours theme episode which was met with a lot of comedy and action very entertaining hour i mean very very entertaining hour we also get to learn more about baron zemo as we find out that he is one of the richest in all of sokovia before it was destroyed still is rich by the way uh he even has a butler and a private jet now for those who don't read the comics this is much closer to the idea of who baron zemo is he is a very rich dude who hated captain america and he you know we're seeing more we're seeing more of him being fleshed out here you know he was also one of he's also part of hydra as well he was the hydra leader after the red skull and all that as well too so um as well strucker like he they all played a part in all this too one of the more memorable scenes though in this episode comes when sam bucky and zemo are in a discussion about the book that steve used um to write his list of things of current themes and pop cultural things that he needs to learn in order to assimilate and adapt to modern society which we saw in winter soldier way back bucky is now using that book to make amends to the people he wrongfully killed while while in sleeper cell mode or as the winter soldier so sam asked bucky if he uh checked out steve's list uh of songs in the book uh bucky said no i refer to 40s music this kind of made sam a little upset rightfully so <laughs> and this leads to some awesome moments sam stressed to him that he needs to listen to Marvin Gaye as he recommended the song Trouble Man to him, which was the song that he recommended to Steve and made, and, uh, which led to Steve becoming a huge fan of Marvin Gaye's music, which when you take away that, this is awesome. Um, Steve Rogers, Marvin Gaye fan. Never thought I would hear, hear that. Respect. Makes you love Steve Rogers and Chris Evans even more. And I'm pretty sure that Kira Evans is a fan of that of his music as well. Who is it? A fan of Marvin Gaye's music. It's it's timeless. But it got really funny when Zemo co-signed and doubled down with Sam by saying that Marvin Gaye's album is a complete and comprehensive masterpiece that captures the African American experience perfectly. <laughs> Sam sam said zemo was out of line but he was right and that right there was awesome and what's so awesome and significant about that scene is that you know if you read reviews and read everything 
uh, that's, you know, about that episode. You also know that the episode aired on February uh, 2nd, which in fact, it is the 82nd birthday of Marvin Gaye. Like, this is the part that Marvel Studio that makes Marvel Studios so fantastic. They didn't have to do that. The directors, the writers, they didn't have to do that. They, they were, they really, 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 really didn't have to do this. But it's those little things that makes Marvel Studios, and to that extent Disney, so special, and why they make the Marvel Cinematic Universe matter so much. Not only just to comic book fans but just from a cultural standpoint from a pop cultural standpoint that little tidbit meant so much marvin gay has been gone for such a long time he is one of without a doubt one of the greatest entertainers the greatest r&b singers of all time I, that level of respect the level of respect that this series has had so far on the black community has been unmistakable. I can't appreciate this company enough. And I've been a Marvel fan for a very long time. And to see that this stuff like this happened, even after Stan Lee has departed from our world, it's 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 heartwarming. It's just so heartwarming. So we then see the three go undercover to see a boss that can give more information this this underground boss uh in this in this region i forgot what country they were in uh that they ended up going but this is one of the outlaw areas that john and lamar can't go to by the way um the new cap and and battlestar can't go to but we see these three that are entering this this really dark underground era to find this scientist and only just only this crime boss knows where everybody's at so they're going undercover. They don't know that Baron Zemo and the Winter Soldier are no longer together. So they're using that to their, to their leverage. They also are using Sam to their leverage as well because Sam just happens to look like a man known as Smiling Tiger. Now, from hardcore Marvel fans, Smiling Tiger is in fact a character in the Marvel comic universe. But they're using him in this universe as a, you know, he's an underground thug as well, but he just happens to look like Sam and Sam uses that to his leverage. And now he's dressing like him. And to some extent, it's hilarious. They see the picture of uh, smiling tiger and it's uh, and he's wearing these really God awful peacock like uh, suits in there. And he's, you know, Sam's like, I look like a pimp and Baron's like, you know, to everybody, it, you know, to you in America, every that's the described description of a pimp. But in the other world, you look like a well-established dude. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there were so many other funny moments but um one of them was uh the moment where sam is pretending to be smiling tiger in the club with zemo and bucky pretending to be under zemo's control or i should say bucky is pretending to be under uh, zemo's control as the winter soldier um they take you know sam takes a signature drink that the bartender gives him because he knows smiling tiger he knows what he's about and the bartender big as hell has this untrusting look like he's not just a bartender this dude is like he could be a bodyguard as well um but he is very thorough and he asked smiling tiger i should say does does he want the usual and to that 
Sam nods his head and says, yes. So this dude takes a snake, cuts it open, takes some of the, take, it drains his blood, puts a little bit of the, of the, in, the innards uh, in there as well, then adds a shot of whatever alcohol um, that he puts in there, stirs it, mixes it up, gives it to Sam. Sam smells it, almost hurls, has to take it in because he needs to stay undercover. He drinks it. He holds it in for a bit, but he drinks it down. It's hilarious. It's it's it. You know, I I can't stress this enough. I don't know what the hell drink he was drinking, but it was funny to see Sam hesitantly try to drink this uh, deal and try to by not by also not blowing his cover. Now you think that would have blown his cover? That wasn't it. What blown is what really blew his cover was the next funny moment here was when Sam gets his cover blow when his sister calls during this exchange between the three and this crime boss that they were dealing with and she asked the, um, Sam to answer the phone or Smiley Tiger to answer the phone on speaker so he knows exactly who it is first of all put your phones on vibrate man so they answer the phone with everything that's going on she has this, she she wants to talk to Sam about the uh, the boat situation, how they're going to get this money and everything because they blew it at the bank. And Sam's still trying to keep, you know, he's still trying to keep his cover going. But then she really busts things up by talking, you know, at, talking about the sons and asking, you know, who who spilled the Cheerios, and that just blew it all up. So somehow, some way. The, the uh, crime boss got shot and they, she was killed. I don't know if Z, they never show who killed her. They don't know if it was Zemo. They don't know who it was, but it winds up that she's dead and the three are going to be blamed for it. The minute, no more than a few minutes upon them just leaving the building, there's a text going out for everybody saying that there's a bounty out for these guys. And now everybody's on a shooting spree trying to kill these guys and, you know, get this huge bounty on them. This led to an appearance of Sharon Carter. She finally returns. We finally get to see her in episode three, who is now an outcast to the U.S. after helping Steve and uh, Sam get their shield and wings back during the all-out fight in the Civil War. Uh, she uh, she's had a lot of resentment since then after learning that Sam and the others got pardoned while she still remains a fugitive. Rightfully so. You can't say I blame her. Sam makes a deal with Sharon to get her name cleared. And uh, if she, you know, if she helps him out, she's hesitant at first, but she agrees to do it. So it'll be interesting to see if she does get pardoned after this. But also Sharon is into some other stuff in this region as well. It's like she's into a lot of underground stuff. And, you know, she had to just to stay, you know, abrupt and stay, stay afoot, I guess. In here. But she agrees to help him out. She agrees and, Lee, and this leads to her becoming the biggest badass in the entire show as she takes down dozens of gun-toting thugs while the three are interrogating this uh, scientist. Things get ugly when Zemo finds a gun in a lab and kills the scientist after he, after he gets all the information that he needs. And near the end, these guys are part, you know, Sharon is parted ways with them. These guys now have the information that they need to find the Flag Smashers or whatnot and try to stop them. As they're walking along, we see Bucky decides to part with them for a sec. He said he needs to get some air, needs to take a walk, but he doesn't tell him why. 
Comes to find out that Bucky noticed that there's a calling card on the ground beeping. He recognizes this due to his previous experience in another country. It wasn't a normal calling card, folks. It was, in fact, a Wakanda Kamoya bead. And I'm looking at my um, prop, my Kamoya bracelet right now. I was digging that. Um, yeah, I got the prop version that, uh, that they, they, were, they were selling online with the with the uh, it's like the limited edition versions or something that they were selling. Actually, there's some actually some weight to that bracelet, too. I've worn it. Uh, I think uh, not when I think during one of the movies I went and it's it's actually it's it's a pretty good prop uh, from the like a movie prop that they uh, have as well. So I digress. Bucky picks, picks up the Kamoya bead. He sees another one that leads him to this alley and he's walking, he's walking and he senses that somebody's behind him. He turns around, says, I've been waiting for you, uh, wondering when you guys are going to come. Turns around and it is, in fact, Ayo, who is T'Challa's bodyguard, the one that you saw on Civil War that stepped up to Black Widow and said, move or be moved. And um, yeah, that one, that badass. So she's finally getting some more airtime here. She was also on Black Panther as well. We saw her. So now we're seeing some development here. She's now another smaller character that's now getting some more airtime, much like Darcy did in here. So now we're going to see some some more character development. And we now have Wakanda in this series. I did not expect to see any Wakanda influence or anything in this series and now we got it and that's how the actual episode ends so they left us off with a huge cliffhanger and as, as she informs bucky that she is hunting for zemo because they know that he escaped so this is going to be interesting to see where this leads to here um we now have i think four episodes left maybe uh no five episodes i'm sorry we got five episodes left this can go anywhere but what we should know is that this is going to lead to rather one of the two becoming the new Captain America, which I hope is Sam. And also John Walker becoming U.S. agent at this point. So I am very much looking forward to seeing where this goes because everything is coming in very smoothly here. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely enjoy it. So folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to review... Godzilla versus Kong. Did it redeem itself in my eyes? We'll find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Morgan Berry, the voice of 13 from My Hero Academia. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Play! 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Godzilla vs. Kong, the latest movie to hit theaters and HBO Max. This is the follow-up to both King of Monsters and Skull Island, uh, which I never saw any of them, by the way. So, like, this is my first entrance into this new universe that is involving Godzilla and Kong in the same breath. And it, again, I mentioned this before in the beginning, and if you guys have been any of you listeners who've been following this show since the beginning, you know that I've come across the my review of the original Godzilla from uh, what is it? I, I got to look. I'm on IMDb right now, so I'm going to look. And it was like 2017, I believe. I'm going to guess that because it was right. No, it was 2014. And it had Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, and Brian Cranston, who unfortunately did not last that long in the movie. And because of that, people in the theater, including myself, was just taken out of the experience because we, everybody, at, especially during that time, loved Brian Cranston. He, you know, everybody wanted him to be in the, uh, to play as Lex Luthor at the time. And this was at the height of his career playing Walter White on um, Breaking Bad. So, People wanted him to be Lex Luthor in the Zack Snyder version. And for some reason, they didn't pick him. And, it, you know, it was just people were crying about that. Me, myself especially. He's just, he would have been perfect for that. Um, but then he was in the Godzilla movie. And he was in there for like the course of a half hour. And when things felt like they were getting a little bit there, it wasn't. And then they took him out and killed him off. The movie was just, it was just, it just sucks since then. And it had nothing to do with the performances at all. It just was not a good movie. And then it took up to like an hour and a half for us to see a Godzilla fight to which it was only like five minutes into the actual movie itself. So everything else was just drama. And from that point on, I was just totally disappointed in the Godzilla experience, uh, the new Godzilla experience, I should say, and decided to not do it. Then I watched shin godzilla did not like that one i watched the anime version that was on netflix did not like that and i was just like these godzilla movies suck to me just to me it, some people may like it i didn't i i was not entertained by this so here we have and then they did king of monsters and i was just like at that point i was like there's no way i'm not you know fool me one shame on you that, that type of thing and then skull island who what i um to which i found out actually was really good and all actually all of the recent king kong movies that has ever come out there's been a lot of praise for those movies like everybody said that the guys that the king kong movies were great uh the, the all three of the ones that have come out including this one um so come to find out i, I believe skull island did kind of i didn't see the movie and I'm, I'm gonna go back to watch it now and king of monsters I didn't see I, I've heard that there was there was already a tease for this movie to come out and they were going to be making this movie that was going to, you know, it was a lead in to this. So I decided to follow up and all right, this is the last time if this if this movie is bad, I will not watch another Godzilla movie again. I am happy to announce that I thought this movie was from a spectacle standpoint, absolutely a great movie i love what they did it was great entertainment and great like you don't have to be 
Oscar winning dramatic. And I we need to get out of that mindset that every movie has to be a Oscar performance. A Oscar. No. We can have a popcorn movie. We can have a fun and entertainment movie without it being an Oscar winner. Like, I don't, this is the same fight that I have with people towards Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was a iconic movie. It was great. It did not win any Oscars at all. And again, I also make this argument about the female version of the Ghostbusters film. And like, I don't understand why people thought that that was a bad movie. And what was so great about the Ghostbusters one movie that everybody saw that you didn't like, I didn't think that the female Ghostbusters were, was a big deal, but I also didn't think that it was bad either. I thought they did a great, they did a really great job on there. I found I laughed at a lot of that movie. I didn't think it was a big deal about that. So, and GI Joe's another one, like people scout, you know, frowned upon the GI Joe movies. And I was like, what was it about the original G.I. Joe cartoon that was so spectacular that you think that this didn't live up? Because the original uh, G.I. Joe cartoons, when you look back at those cartoons, the plots were off. The, I mean, I, don't get me twisted. I love the original G.I. Joe movies too. I love, I watched it as a kid as well, along with Transformers. But let's be real, they weren't perfect. They were by far not perfect. There were also so many blemishes, some plot holes, everything to it. So I don't understand where to the point that GI, this G.I. Joe or the Ghostbusters were going to work in this case. Like, I, I know the, the it was, and I think a lot of it is just from, from when it comes to the Ghostbusters it is people don't say it, but it was a sexist thing that, you know, mindset that people have when it comes to not liking that movie there was nothing wrong with that movie every actress in there and every actor in there or, or actors i should say all around i thought they did a fun job i thought it was fun i was entertaining i was entertained by it no big deal this is the same thing don't look at this don't look at godzilla versus kong like it should be a you know a theatrical uh, you know masterpiece no it does not have to be it shouldn't this they they made this film as entertaining to me as say Bumblebee was or the original Transformers movie that Steven Spielberg was a part of before he parted ways from it. It just became what it was. But I felt like it, it had that vibe. And, and, and for that, it was fun. It was okay to let it be fun. I thought they, it, they balanced it in a way where it could be action-packed, entertaining, entertaining. I, I'm, I'm saying entertaining. It's entertaining. <laughs> um, it's this the, the uh, I think it's the virus, the the, the uh, vaccine effects coming in. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think what happened here is that they balanced out the action. You had time to see Kong be Kong. You had time to see Godzilla be Godzilla, and then. In the midst of that, there was a bit of uh, character development within the humans. And I believe a lot of the characters, some of the, well, some of the characters, not all the characters, some of the characters from the other, from King of Monsters was only like Millie Bobby Brown, who played Madison Russell, who was the character that you saw before in this series as well. Um, there may be some other characters that you may have recognized and some other elements that you may have recognized from the first two movies as well. Um, they did, a, I thought they did great because they succeeded where the original one fell. I felt like the the other 
Godzilla movie that I saw was trying to be more dramatic and trying to be like more of a Oscar winning masterpiece than it was to be just a what it, for what it was just a really fun popcorn movie. I thought the cast was great. I thought the cast, they, by the way, I like the fact that Philadelphia was in this movie. I don't know what part of Philadelphia it was, nor to see people like uh, Nathan Lind in there. Like, I, I was like, OK, that's interesting. There's, there's a scientist in Philadelphia who knows everything about kaiju monsters and, <laughs> and gorillas and whatnot and hollow earth, hollow uh, earth or whatnot. So that was interesting. But I also speaking of hollow earth. What I love about this is that we finally get to see where Kong is from. Now, you got to remember these movies, for those who don't know, because my wife didn't know about King Kong or Godzilla and how deep these characters were and how far back these characters are from. Like these characters have been around since the 60s. I mean, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. So she didn't realize that like th there's a lineage to these, like how iconic these you know characters are and when seeing this we never knew what where kong was from they you know the one the early black and white movie never really talked about king kong's origin they just noted this huge primate was in an island they retrieved him i only want to go there with that story of our lives they retrieved him quote unquote in chains and in, in, in shackles seems to be common at that time even still now to some extent if you look at this movie but they took him they took him and trapped him and you know they wind up you know realizing that he has a mind of his own he's very intelligent and he wasn't trying to have it so there you go but now we get to see where he actually was from where he's born from and apparently it's this core planet within our planet called hollow earth where the gravitational pull is totally convoluted and conflicted and you know, it's not every, you can't barely survive it. And well, at least now you could, because now this company Apex, um, which was owned by the uh, this guy named Walter Simmons, who like think of Apex like AIM, like uh, advanced, uh, advanced intelligent mechanics, I believe they're called <laughs> in Marvel. Um, I'm going to totally butcher myself because I know there's a Marvel fan out there who's in like, you're not a Marvel fan. That's not what it means. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that in a sense of they are or even Stark Tech for that matter, where they um, basically have all the technology. Oh, advanced ideal mechanics. Ha. Yeah, I had to Google it. So what? But they wind up basically invest in creating technology to help better the world in their own way in their own fashion this guy walter simmons is in fact a prick an evil prick and what he does what they what they've done is that they have set up to make godzilla look like a monster like a a monster that is trying to kill everybody and they do this by antagonizing him creating this beacon that a lot that has him tearing up the cities around the around the uh, world, making him look like a bad guy. Millie Bobby Brown's character, Madison Russell, is aware of this, as well as this guy named Bernie Hayes, played by Brian Terry uh, Henry, who's he, he comes off like a weirded out, traumatized scientist or engineer 
but in fact he absolutely knows that there's a conspiracy going on between apex and he's he knows a lot more information than uh he than anybody in there about what's going on so much so that he's created a podcast a secret podcast i should say uh revealing everything millie bobby brown knows of this podcast but also has all he she suspected that something uh things were going wrong after the events of godzilla you know tearing up cities and invading stuff because they're antagonizing him in a way to make him do this on purpose why they're doing this is to create their own method of protection for the world that they can profit from and this basically you know works it out they also do so by working with the with the group that is helping to get king kong afoot king kong wants to go back home they're trying to get him back home but also they need him to uh they also need him to kind of protect them from godzilla so it is where all the lead-in comes in so they're all in the same world and they're trying to take uh kong back because kong is he's in he's in uh skull island but entrapped in this area in this place that appears to look like all sunny days is and it's a habitat of his own but he knows very much that that place is real so much so that he takes a tree and uses it as a spear and shoots it into the sky only to find out that it's actually a barrier that's made like a dome that's made to look like that he's also accompanied and trusted by Rebecca Hall's character, uh, Elaine, uh, Elaine uh, Andrews, and a young little girl uh, named Jaya, played by Kaylee uh, Hado. She was really, really good in this uh, in this movie. Uh, now, from what people don't know, she actually is hearing impaired. She's deaf. Her whole family uh, is apparently, for what I'm reading, for what I've read off of IMDb, she is. Uh, she comes from an all deaf family. What I love about this character is that here you have her that's hearing impaired and she from nonverbal communication and sign language had more personality and character development than anybody talking. She her facial expressions were so well done. It you really felt her emotion out of this and to see her and Kong interact and she's one of the only people that Kong trusts and believes in and loves and will and will protect. It was a really special thing to see. Even when she cried and everything, you really got the emotion out of there. So I, I enjoy, I pretty much enjoy that. Um, the movie was so cool. And you know who else was here was cool that I really, really enjoyed? Uh, there's a character, Josh Valentine, who played by Julian uh, Dennison. If you know that name, if you recognize that name, it's, the, it's my man from Deadpool 2. I loved him on Deadpool 2. He was uh, Fire Fist. He was so awesome in that movie, and he was just as awesome in this movie. I haven't seen him since Deadpool 2, but I was I, I Deadpool 2, and I was glad to see him. And there's a lot of familiar faces from other comic book uh, movies or TV shows. Uh, the guy who played Lucas Fox uh, was on here too. Uh, I believe uh, what was it? Was it Chris Chalk? No, it's not. Was it? Yeah, it was Chris Chalk. Um, Chris Chalk from um, from Gotham who played Lucius Fox was on here he, he, just at the very beginning, but he was on here as well. Of course, uh, Rebecca Hall, who played in Iron Man three as well. Uh, Brian Terry Henry didn't play in anything, but he was in Atlanta. 
but he oh no that's not true he was uh miles morales father in into the spider uh spider verse so you had a lot of great you know people who are already invested in comic book movies in here before doing their thing just a lot of talent all around i enjoyed this movie so much because unlike the other godzilla movie did i uh watch it just has so much more action and entertainment and the characters were much better this time around it wasn't trying to be too much it wasn't trying to be too little the fight scenes were epic and was best about it all they had a third uh gift for us in the form of mecha godzilla so you had this fight between godzilla and uh, kong who were going back and forth and by the way i had people vote or, or talk about who they thought it was going to win if i'm correct and i watched this movie twice i believe godzilla won two to one <laughs> kong got like uh godzilla got the first round kong got the second round and then godzilla got the third round and then the third time around he got up on his he got up in uh, kong's grill and and yelled at him and then kong was like oh you know get off me <laughs> and yelled back but in all honesty kong kind of lost on this one respectfully but the mecha godzilla that was created by apex and um actually controlled by uh shun ugari's character uh ren uh, serizawa got out of hand but that before that that, that mecha godzilla was carrying it was tearing up uh, kaiju's very easily in this so there's a scene in here where, like I said, we find out about Kong's homeland in, in Hollow, um, what is it, Hollow Earth? And it's an amazing place. There's a whole bunch of monsters in there. And they the only way that the humans were able to get through was by a Elon Musk-like vehicle, hover vehicle, that was able to, you know, sustain and tolerate the, gra the uh, gravitational pull that was in because the gravitational pull is extremely strong and nor under normal circumstances it would be crushed but they were able to do it there so you know simmons and uh ren wind up meeting with uh nathan lynn played by by the way i never mentioned this played by alexander um scarsgard who played in true blood and he was tarzan i believe too so he's like one of the lead guys in his uh, as well and he's the scientist that lives in philly and they hired him to to man this ship so they could go into the core take a sample of what this energy that they needed to power make a godzilla this unstable power i should say and accompanying them is elsa uh gonzalez who if many of the if you don't know their name you've probably seen her before in many other different movies one of which was uh bloodshot and the uh hobbs and shaw movie and uh battle angel alita but she was the really extremely hot looking uh character kt in bloodshot that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> but she was in here as the daughter of uh simmons she was uh she was walter simmons daughter that was accompanying them to make sure that they got they, they were able to extract the energy source from hollow earth that they can use to face um godzilla and destroys godzilla and become the new protector of the earth and anything that comes by so that was their basic plan from the get-go because they they were they didn't have the means to power 
Mechagodzilla enough. They felt that whatever was going on in Hollow Earth, they can get from there and use it, no matter how unstable it is. And they, it was untapped energy that they didn't, they, they would need time, but they were in a rush. They needed to get something that could combat not only Godzilla, but any of the monsters that would try to invade the area. Man, did that turn out wrong for them. So I, I won't even spoil it for everybody to an extent, but I'll just say that things went wrong. Godzilla went rogue and crazy and Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, I should say, and Mecha Godzilla wind up facing the real Godzilla and almost dominating him. So, of course, this leads to Kong and Godzilla teaming up against Mecha Godzilla in a awesome handicap match. Um, it was great enough that you had Kong versus Godzilla, but to add Mecha Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla's design to me was so fantastic. I really enjoyed this. Overall, like seriously, um, just for just for fun, action pack, kaiju-like battles. This is one of the better movies that I've saw out of the Godzilla franchise. And this was so entertaining to me. This was so enjoyable for me. One, I saw, I watched it twice. Two, it's so entertaining to me that I am going to go back and watch King of Monsters and um, Skull Island and then probably watch this for a third time. I was highly entertained by this. Was this the best movie of the year? Probably not. Was this a entertaining movie? Hell yes. And for that, I will give this a B plus at best. Like this is what this this didn't change and uh, change it for me in terms of like being the best movie I've ever seen. Like I, I got up hype, but there were moments that I looked at this movie and felt like if we were in theaters, no doubt the audience will be getting hype about. They were getting very excited. Um, but we also got to learn more. There was a lot more character development for Kong in this as well. So. And I really, I, for people who watched the original Godzilla versus, or King Kong versus Godzilla way back in 63, I can only imagine if they watch this movie now, how far, like if this movie came out back in, in 1963, oh my goodness. I think this would scare people so bad because of the amount of special effects that they had um, in here and the amount of um, realism that it is compared to that of the King Kong versus Godzilla movie back in 1963. By the way, if you guys haven't seen King Kong versus Godzilla, which this move, this new movie is based off of, I highly recommend you go check it out because it is, at, in, in comparison, very laughable. <laughs> it is very, very laughable how they, cause you know, you got two people in a, in a suit. That's how you made a Godzilla movie. Godzilla movie, you had people in a zoo, King Kong movie. It was like stop motion animation at the time. This one, you got people in suits fighting each other. It, it's such a hilarious way. So if they were, if we were to go back in time where we were to show like, all right, if we had, say if we had a time machine, we brought somebody from two, 1963 into the future, they would freak out not only because we now use smartphones, because we have bigger TVs, because we got high definition, we let them see Godzilla versus Kong. It'll be like war, war of the worlds all over again for them. They would go crazy. And I don't think they'd be able to handle this. So yeah, I, you know, in, in terms of just being a entertaining popcorn fun movie, I thought they did everything that they needed to make me a happy person from start to finish the performances, the, the performances, the special effects, everything just balanced out. 
it just balanced out really well. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, it's a very watchable movie. And you should just watch it as a very watchable entertainment movie. Quite blank. Nothing else. So, gives a B plus for me. I enjoyed it. So, folks, that will do it for this episode of Talk Time Live. Again, I want to thank everybody who, the new listeners of the show, because uh, since I've worked on the Read Pop Metaverse series uh, last week, I have been getting a lot of new listeners so to those who are just now listening now thank you so very much and i hope that you continue to do so because this is not the end i am actually i should be getting some other guests onto talk time live coming soon it probably would have come sooner but repop called and i answered <laughs> so um i gotta check on that but i we should be getting more um guests very really soon coming from both in the comic world, comic book world, and in the anime world as well. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. Again, um, we should now take note. Again, I just got this vaccine today, slightly before I started this show. I should be doing a show this week. Uh, I know that people that I knew that got the vaccine has gotten some symptoms, at least for a day or so. We'll see how this goes with me. Everybody has their own different DNA structure, DNA um, signature. So we'll see how this goes. So uh, I absolutely should be doing a select start uh, episode this week. Uh, there's some new games that I got a chance to play. Um, some new elements that have come. So I'm looking forward to talking about it all. So I'll keep you guys abrupt, but we will have a show for that. And of course, another episode of this show, the prime show of Talk Time Live. Uh, next week, I think I am going to talk Pacific Rim, the anime version that came out a few weeks ago that I never got a chance to talk about. So more kaiju action that we're going to come your way. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. And of course, anything, any news that'll come up, we'll be talking about it here in the world uh, in, uh, in terms of uh, our favorite fandoms. Again, you could check this show out and any show that we do on TalkTimeLive.com, the official site of TalkTime Live, the podcast. You can also check out our exclusives there as well. Uh, you can check that out on, let me see where we're at. You can check this out and subscribe and download on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, and Pocket Cast as well, among some other ones that I don't even know about that I found out that it was there too. You can check them out all there and continue to support this dream of mine, this ambition of mine, this fandom of mine. And it just we'll all enjoy it together as 2021 continues to be, become a more positive year for most. So thank you again, folks. Let all do it for me. I'm going to take a rest now. I'm going to sit out this whole entire thing, get through it and be back on track. So on behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.